Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And today's show is brought to you by Mercury Mile. Mercury Mile is fusing fashion and function for runners of all abilities, and they're doing it in three easy steps. Just go to mercurymile.com. Choose your sizes, your preferences, what you're looking for, and then they'll send you out a curated box of all sorts of running goodies that you are sure to like. And the best part is, if you don't like what's in there, you can just send some of the stuff back. Usually you get, I don't know, 8 to 12 things in a box is what I've seen, uh, depending on, um, I'd say I get, I've gotten three or four boxes. They've usually fallen within that range. And I've usually kept about half to two-thirds of every box. And that's the nice part. If something doesn't either fit or it's not your color or style, you can send it back. And the stuff you keep, it's always very reasonably priced, which is also a very nice thing indeed. Speaking of price, if you go and put in the promo code RAMBLINGRUNNER10 at checkout, you'll save 10 bucks off the stylus fee. That's mercurymile.com. So today's episode is with one of my favorite people. I guess that's the the best way for me to say it. Sarah Bishop is one of my favorite people. She is a huge inspiration to me. I got put on to Sarah last spring, actually listening to um, one of my favorite podcasts. I'll have another with Lindsay Hine. Um, Lindsay has a great show. If you're listening to this, you've probably heard of her podcast as well. Sarah was on that show, and I was simply blown away by this woman. And since then, I've gotten to know her. I'm following her on Sarah Bishop Runs at... Uh, on Instagram. I've actually gotten to know her pretty well uh, over the past six months or so. She's just amazing in every facet of her life. She's a mother of four. Um, she is an engineer. She you know, was in the Air Force. She ran for the Air Force. She was a runner in college. You know, she moves. You know, she's, you know, her, her and her husband have been, worked in the military, so they're moving all the time. Um, you know, they still have time to like do these crazy trips and adventures. Oh, and by the way, she wins marathons. So, definitely living a crazy life, doing wonderful things, and achieving very uh, high levels of athletic success. So, 2017, one of her wins was the 2017, like I said, Marine Corps Marathon, of all things. And then, two months later, she goes out to CIM, runs 242, and becomes an Olympic trials qualifier in the marathon all for a woman who's doing this after having four kids. Two of those were, her last two were her, were twins, which is just an absolutely remarkable thing. And you'll hear why in this episode, as well as a bunch of other things as well. One thing that will be very clear throughout is just the energy level Sarah Bishop has. It's contagious, it's effervescent, and it's everlasting. And it's simply incredible. So, I hope you like this episode with my friend, Sarah Bishop. <laughs> Hello, Sarah, and welcome to the Rambling Runner podcast. Hi, Matt. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you great. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I've been looking forward to this. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. So you are you are one happy coach. That's for sure. Oh, I've been following yeah. you the past week, and <laughs> you, you're, you know, you've had a, a wide range of emotions in your coaching life, but it seemed like everything worked out for the best this weekend. Um how about you tell the people what, what occurred because it was uh, it was like stress-inducing for me just to watch this going on in the world, never mind being a part of it. 
<laughs> yeah, Matt, it was it was a crazy week. Um, so I have four um four runners trying to um last chance BQ. So they're gonna run the last chance BQ race um this past weekend and they were supposed to all run the Erie Marathon. Um this was a really big deal for all four of them. Um you know, um, Zach uh, had BQ'd three times before, but never enough to run in the Boston Marathon. Um, Heather had tried six times to BQ in the past three years, never did it. Um, let's see, Rachel, um, 10 years ago, ran uh, a four-hour marathon, and she was ready to, to BQ for the first time. And Alexis, you know, also hadn't um, run a PR or a BQ in 10 years. And so this was a big deal for them. It was a big deal for me. And I had been watching the weather because um, three of them were going to run the Erie Marathon, very, very popular marathon to, as a last chance BQ race. Um, and it's a great event. Um, flat course. Weather's usually perfect, but um, the weather was not looking good. It was, it was going to be 20 mile an hour winds with gusts of, of 30 miles an hour. And I kept watching it and it kept kind of changing. And I was looking at it like 10 times a day. And finally on Tuesday, I was like, guys, I just had this epiphany on my run. I came home from my run and I texted him. And I'm like, you have to change your marathon. You have to run the last chance BQ race in Grand Rapids. The weather was going to be perfect. And, you know, I just thought to myself, um, like it was, that's a really big deal. You know, they all were going to have to buy plane tickets to Grand Rapids. They were from um, Texas uh, or actually, sorry, Oklahoma, Virginia, um, Iowa and, um, and um, uh, Maine, you know, so this is a financial investment to make this change. It was really risky, um, but we decided, you know, we just looked at the weather, laid out the facts and said, you know, it's a win-win, you know, whether the you know, if the weather changes in the area, it changes, but right now it looks terrible. It's going to be perfect in Grand Rapids. Let's just do this. Um, so I was just even, you know, so we had even more invested. And um, so I was, there was no runner tracking at the race. They were all four there. You know, the, I had, we had talked about the game plan, you know, time and time again. And to make a long story short, they all ran Boston qualifying times well under their qualifying mark to the point that we're, we're really sure that all of them are going to be towing the line um, uh, at the Boston Marathon in 2019. But I was so worried all week, Matt, <laughs> because I know how it feels, you know, when you put in months and months of training and you, you know, gotten up at 4 a.m., you know, for weeks and weeks on end and run these hard workouts in rain and wind and in the summer heat when you wanted to and when you didn't, you know, and um, and this is their dream, you know, um, and I just, I just know how that feels. And I just wanted it. I just wanted them. I wanted the race to come together for them, just like I knew it could. Um, and um, yeah, so it, it was nuts. The, the race change and you know, going out to Grand Rapids, you know, last minute and, but they did it. And I just was just so relieved. So <laughs> that was, that was something else because you put a lot, I don't even know if you thought about it this way. Maybe you did, but you put a lot on yourself, right? Because if like you're having them change and then something doesn't go right. Yeah. Like, oh gosh, darn exactly. it. Like, I told them to change. And it would have been easy for me just to be like, no, no, no. You know, they decided on Erie. Like this is just the plan, you know, but I thought, you know what? Like if it was me, 
I would change races if it was me. So I thought, you know, what? I'm just going to take a risk. You know, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I felt, I felt like it was my duty as their coach to give them the recommendation that I would take, you know, this is what I would do, you know? Um, and I, I promise, you know, Tuesday morning we were, they were going to the Erie marathon and by Tuesday afternoon, they were all going to the last chance BQ race in Grand Rapids. I mean, now, did, I was yeah. kind of surprised that they all changed, but at the same time I wasn't. Cause I knew, like, I know how it is. I, you want, you've done, you put in five months of work, you know, to make this happen. You want this to happen, you know? For sure. Now, did, did they know each other? Cause I saw some of the videos after the race and it seemed like they might've known each other. No, it was hard to tell. they didn't. They, none of them knew each other, which is crazy right there from Iowa, Oklahoma, Virginia, and Maine, like all, you know, all across the U.S., and the plan was for Rachel and Heather to run together. And they had never met. And they did. They ran together the whole race until the last mile. And all four of these runners, these athletes, negative split their marathons. They all ran to their potential. They all PR'd by several minutes. Their best times ever. A couple of them, their best times in 10 years. I mean, I just could not have asked for it to come together more perfectly. It was amazing. Just absolutely incredible. <laughs> A so you, for a you've done runner. and you've done amazing things as a runner like you last year we'll talk about this you run you won the 2017 marine corps marathon you've won other races mm-hmm. how does that feeling compare to the feeling you had this weekend well you know what i mean it's 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 just as amazing because i i'm living vicariously through them because i know how they feel you know it you know, and, you know, Heather's husband was sending me video updates, you know, at miles 13, 21, when she crossed the line, you know, I kept out, how's she doing? How's she doing? Because I was thinking about when I was trying to go for the Olympic trials qualifier at um, CIM, you know, last December and just how, you know, I was feeling, you know, you know, at miles nine, at miles 13, just how throughout the race. And when I knew I like at mile 18, I knew I had it in the bag when I crossed the line, I just started bawling I was just so relieved and happy and I just felt so fulfilled and so like you know watching this video that Heather's husband took of them crossing the line and Heather's like hugging her husband and she's crying I just I started bawling because I was like that was me you know that was me and to see another you know another athlete another mom you know who's tried three times to make, you know, sorry, six times to make this happen. And she finally did. She never gave up was just such an incredible feeling, you know, I, so. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're, I can see how you got attached to how you was kind of attach yourself, not just to like all of your athletes, but the athletes who maybe have a similar experience as you have. So you're a mom of four. You had, mm-hmm. you, know, you like, you have that yeah. aspect of your life. You know, you, your husband works full time. You guys just moved this summer. You also works full time. You live crazy lives. You know, you're, you're adventurous. You go on these crazy trips to Peru and all the, all this crazy. And but at the same time, you're also very driven for your goals, and not just in the short yeah. term, but the long term. And it, it really is um, an interesting thing. I feel like you're able to capture as an athlete, a lot of the things that 
perspective, you know, that other athletes, but maybe people more like in my boat, people who want to achieve certain goals. I feel like you're, you're you've done a lot of things that other people hope to do. So like, is that, is that something that like yeah, that, I mean, you're coaching that you, that you try to impart on others or how does that affect your coaching style? I think I understand them. You know, I understand what they're going through. Um, you know, uh, you know, a lot of times they'll tell me that they're, you know, stressed out. They've had a crazy week, you know, and I think I, I get it. So I can help them through the rough patches. Um, you know, I can help them through the emotions of trying to fit everything in. Um, you know, I can help them through knowing, you know, I really, this is, I really, really want to achieve this goal, but I have all these other responsibilities as well, you know, and, um, because I get it because I, because I am them, you know, um, and it wasn't that long ago where, you know, I was, you know, a 130 half marathoner, which is very respectable, but it's, it's no Olympic trials qualifying indication, you know, um, so, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm the same person today as I was four years ago, even though I'm faster, you know, so I identify with these runners because I, you know, I, I'm going through the same thing just because I'm, you know, running faster than them doesn't mean um, we're not going through the same things. You know, we're running a lot of times the same workouts, just different paces, you know, and it's just as hard for them as it is for me. So I, I totally relate to them on a level that maybe other runners weren't, wouldn't because I am a mom, you know, and I do work and I understand the early wake up calls and, and the, the, you know, res- you know, the, the child, you know, responsibilities and everything else and still wanting to accomplish these goals. And so in some ways, you know, maybe that's helpful to them because, um, because I get it. So, 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 so when the, yeah. so when, one of your athletes has one of those days or weeks where they're saying, and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you, are you, are you like, yeah, so you I like, just right, got- like, I'm your shoulder to cry on and it'll just take some time. Or are you more like, I understand where you're coming from. So believe me when I say this, cut the shit and let's get to work. (laughs) (laughs) It depends on the athlete. Honestly, I have some that are extremely driven and that's what they need me to tell them is listen, you have these really big goals, you know, and then I have some that, um, you know, that we do need to cut back a little bit in, in that. Like I can tell them, you can still achieve this goal that you're that you're looking at that you're going for. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. And I, I just got off the phone with an athlete um, like this just before we're talking, Matt. And I said, let's cut back to three days a week of running. You know, we'll nail this solid long run on the weekend. But, you know, we'll um, if you can commit to the other two days a week, we still have eight weeks before your marathon and you can achieve your goal of finishing the marathon. You know, it doesn't have to be this. Oh, I'm so overwhelmed. I, you know, I missed a run here. I missed a run there. I missed a whole week. You know, um, I think we you've got to find the balance that's right for you. And it's okay to cut back you know, if that's what it needs, that's what needs to happen. And at some point you can continue to build, you know, um, but it doesn't have to be all or nothing and it shouldn't be all or nothing. Um, but at some point, yes, like the point I'm at, um, you know, when I have these goals, um, that, you know, are on my calendar, I know like what I have to do to achieve them. And if I'm not getting out the door, you know, and doing the, the, the workouts, the runs on my schedule, I'm not going to achieve my goals. And, and that's just the bottom line. And it doesn't mean that it's easy. It's really, really hard. 
but I got to do the work if I want to achieve the goals and I got to be driven enough to, to find a way to and do And I guess it, you also you know? have to set a meaningful goal. So you have that why when things get difficult and you're like, yes, I'm sticking yes. with it. Or like, I'm, I have someone to lean on that can say, hey, knock it off. You said this is important. If this is important, then it's time to get to work. As opposed to being like, oh, I'm just running this to run it. Or like, I don't have a race in the fall. So I guess I'll do right. that one. Again, I've done that. I'm not saying that like, I'm not like, you know, trying to throw throw stones at glass houses and all that. But I feel like if you have a stronger why, it allows you to get through some of those muddled moments. Absolutely. Your goals have to inspire you. Like you have to get excited about them. I remember obviously last fall running, you know, sub 245 and qualifying for the Olympic trials. I was motivated, Matt. I was going to do this, you know, and um. And so, and I did. Um, 242, baby. See, I am. I know it. Yeah. I mean, it's part of the reason I got, I was, so in August, I was training. I was super, you know, CIM was my goal race. And I got so motivated. I knew I was in sub 245 shape or I was right there on the bubble. And that's why I signed up for the Marine Corps marathon, which was nine days away. (laughs) I signed up nine days in advance because I was like, I'm going to do it. Like that was my goal. My, my goal wasn't even to win the Marine Corps marathon. It was to run sub 245. And James was like, don't do it. Don't do it. You know, CIM's the goal. And, um, he even had one of his professional athletes email me and say, this is dumb. And it was, and I agreed. And I'm like, I, I just have to, like, I'm so excited. Like I just, it just feels right. You know? And I went out there and guess what? I missed sub two forty. I missed two sub two forty five by seven seconds. Cause I ran two forty five Oh seven, but I don't regret racing of course, obviously. Cause I won. Um, but the point was, I was so motivated. I, you know, I, I jumped the gun and went ahead and tried in October. And luckily it, it did work out in December when I ran CIM, you know, but if your goals don't motivate you, it's much easier to press news or miss a run or decide, you know what? Um, I'm just, I'm just not gonna, I'm just not gonna run today. Um, but you find some exciting goals. Um, you know, this, you know, you're, you're much more apt to reach them because you're going to be more, more motivated to get, to get out the door. Um, so like this year, like, honestly, like, I know the training is so hard, like, yeah, sub 240, going sub 240 in the marathon would be great, but it's not really my goal. My goal is just to run a bunch of races and run for the win, because <laughs> that's what's motivating Yeah, me no fall, kidding. You know? I saw, I couldn't believe my eyes. So you posted something on your Instagram <laughs> stories, and I was like, oh, this is super helpful. Seeing all the good races in the fall. And I'm like, this is great. Yeah. I'm like, I'm about to screenshot it. Like, I wonder if any of these are in New England. Look at all these cool races. Oh and then, like, God. the next story was like, I'm running all of these. Like, oh, my God. I can't even believe my eyes. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, starting this weekend, I'm running the Air Force Marathon. And then I'm racing every weekend for the next eight weeks. Either a half marathon or a marathon. <laughs> and i tell you why that is, Matt. Because, like, like I'm just at a level where I'm running hundred miles a week, 95 miles a week. And the workouts are so freaking hard. I would rather just go into a race untapered and get the same benefit possibly, or even better benefit because I can push myself harder in a race than I can in a workout. And it's just more fun for me. Right. I mean, I'd rather race people than go out there and do these hard workouts by myself every day. And because I don't particularly have a time goal this fall i just want to go and try to 
win a bunch of races and have fun, you know, <laughs> and see how fit I get off that. Um, cause that's what motivates me. Um, cause this spring I was like dead set on running a one sixteen half. Like that was my goal. I'm good. Okay. I got my qualify my Olympic trials qualified. Now I'm going to run one sixteen and a half. My, my PR, my previous PR was one eighteen. But 117 didn't sound exciting. So I was like, 116, that would be really, really cool. So I raced like all the time. I raced like three half marathons and I ran 118, 118, 118. And then I popped a 116. And I was like, happy. <laughs> now I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of happy with where I'm at with my fitness. You know, maybe next spring, I'm, well, I'm definitely going to race Boston and I'm going to have a time goal there. But this fall, I just want to race a lot, you know not be what my coach would call a time trialist and fly to different races that have perfect weather just to run fast, which is what I used to do. I just want to race a bunch of races and race people and compete with the competition, you know? So it's different because it's a different goal for me and it's, it's exciting. And it's what, it's what motives, motivates me to train this year. This and we have the same coach. So when you said James earlier, James earlier, yeah. James McCurdy is both of our coaches. Yeah. And when you, so you're running these That's races, right. you're, out there you're competing to win which is a yeah. feeling that most people haven't had probably since they were in middle school elementary school right and like they're actually racing to win as opposed to either racing for a time goal or just picking a random person in the crowd and saying i'm beating that dude or that that girl over there um so how does that compare to say so you're running these other races you go out there you step on the line and you're mm -hmm. just gonna go i'm gonna i'm gonna try to win this sucker how does that compare to your strategy when you tried to say like get the 116 or get the 242 at CIM is there a difference uh that's a really good question um I, I would say there is for example you know CIM last year I was running my own race I knew exactly what splits I needed to hit what my strategy was and um to run under the qualifying time and I, and I just, I didn't, it didn't matter who was ahead of me, who was behind me. I was running my race. And so I executed just like the plan. And I, I ran my 242. I ran almost dead even splits. I couldn't have run the race better. Um, but for example, this weekend, Matt, I'm running the local race, um, my new local race, um, which is the Air Force Marathon. And um, typically the Air Force Marathon is won in about 255 um, I will probably go out more conservatively than if I was go, you know, trying to run, um, a personal best or run for time. Um, but for one thing, the weather is going to be really, really dicey. It's going to be, um, 68 degrees at the start and it's going to get up to 75 at the finish. And I've been training in warm conditions, warm weather, you know, we all have pretty much, you know, all summer. But that definitely plays into my strategy, you know. Um, there will be no PR, even close to PR, no matter what my um, strategy is. But um, I I'm still going to run my own race. But I, I do probably have a little bit of leeway to probably go out more, even more conservatively than I normally would since I'm only running. I'm, I'm just trying to run for with the competition. So just depending on what the competition is doing, I'm going to kind of judge my effort a little bit differently. So, so yeah, I, I like I said, my goal is more to um, run for, you know, run for place, run for, run for the win and compete for the win rather than time. So I am, I'm going to be looking at, you know, what other people are doing. Now, do you have an emotional attachment to that race? Because you were in the air force 
Your husband is in the Air Force. I know after you won um, Marine Corps Marathon, you had that same kind of like, you know, that same feeling. Is there, does this race hold a little special significance as opposed to like running in like the, the Joe Schmo half marathon? I, I'm so glad you asked that because it does. It brings my, um, running my road career full circle. And because let me tell you, um, right after college, you know, I was a track and cross country runner in college, mostly track runner. And that was at Auburn? Yes. At Auburn. Yeah. I was, um, very good 800 meter runner and I ran, you know, the, I ran the 1500 and I ran cross country and I just didn't perform, you know, to, um, you know, equivalently, I just was far beyond a a better 800 meter runner than I was a long distance. And how fast did you run the 800? 206. 206. Nice. Yeah. So, um, so after college, I, you know, I commissioned into the Air Force and I ran for the Air Force team for just a, a couple of years, which was fun because we got to go overseas and run against um, some of the other um, militaries and such and compete against them, which was cool. And um, so anyway, so they sent a team to the Air Force Marathon every year and it was my very first half marathon and I ran it in. I ran the Air Force half marathon here in Dayton in 2005 and I ran an hour 30 and I was trying to break an hour. I was trying to break an hour 30, but I was pretty happy with how I ran. And then after that, Matt, uh, between 2005 and 2014, I only ran one other half marathon. I just jumped into like the Denver rock and roll half and ran like 142 or 145. I can't even remember. And that was it. Like, so it was almost like my first and last half marathon until I started road racing again and picked up running again in 2014 after I had all my kids. And so to come back here, like I could never have imagined that literally, you know, 13 years later, I'd be coming back and trying to win the Air Force marathon. You know, it it would never have crossed my mind. So it's going to be kind of really, really special (laughs) just to be out there running it again, thinking, wow, you like, you know, this is kind of nuts. That's awesome. That's awesome. I know you're, you're too busy making babies during that time. (laughs) You know, you ran, ran 130 and then you were making some, you're, you're you're doing something much more significant and then you got back into it. All right. And (laughs) I I can't, and I can't wait to talk about that conversion for sure. You know, when you run, so say this Air Force Marathon is an example, or maybe a local race that you hop into. Mm-hmm. When you do, you ever get to the point where you can be first overall, not just first women's? And is that a goal of yours to have a race where you're just first overall? Period. The only time that I've ever won um, an a race overall was this summer. I jumped in the um, uh, Cincinnati ice cream 5k. I think there was 400 runners. So, you know, a mid-sized race and um, I won the 5k overall significantly. And so, and that was really, really cool because um, I had never won even a small race, you know, overall like that ever. So, um, So, but you know what, like looking at some of the results in some of these marathons, like for example, one year, 247 
won the Air Force Marathon overall. <laughs> and I thought, wow, like, wouldn't it be a year if, like, you know, that happened to me, if I could win <laughs> a marathon overall? I don't, I think that that would be um, extremely, um, yeah, uh, rare. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not counting on that at all in any of these races, but it's, it could happen, I suppose. I suppose it, it could happen. And actually, um, now that I think about it, I ran the Rock Hall Half Marathon in Cleveland just a few weeks ago, and I, I won that as the first female. But last year, an hour 20 won the entire race overall. It was like a 1,000 participants. And, and, and I won, and I ran 118 this year. I, I think I placed, though, like um, eighth or ninth. So a lot, there was a lot more competition on the men's side this year for sure. But last year, there wasn't, you know, so you just never really know. It all depends on who shows up. And I never count on that. Um, uh, but I guess it it certainly could happen, which would be neat. <laughs> and when you run these races as workouts, mm-hmm. when your competitiveness starts to really get going, do you just say, hey, screw the workout, I'm going, I'm going balls to the wall here? Or is there a governor on the, on, on the effort? There's no governor. I mean, the only, honestly, the only difference um, when I'm race, when I'm in a race between what I call, you know, running these as workouts or races is the state of my fatigue. So I don't taper for these races, you know, but I'm running as hard as I can. Um, And I'm just at a, I'm just at a level where I have to race Matt to push myself, to push my fitness up because I just can't, um, run hard enough at this point in practice to get as much benefit as I could in a race. Cause the training is just so hard now. I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to squeak out every little bit of fitness, um, and trying to figure out, you know, how I can get fitter and racing is really, um, is really good for me because it's just mental, right? Like trying to do these hard workouts by myself on my own, man, it's so hard. Um, and, uh, sometimes I'll quit the workout, you know, or I won't hit the, Oh, tisk, tisk, Sarah Bishop. I know, but I'm like everybody else, right? Like a lot of it is, is mental. And it's just like, why am I doing this? This sucks, you know, but if I'm in a race, I'm not going to quit, you know? And so I, obviously I'm forced to, I'm forced to keep up the effort and run hard. And so at this point that does a lot more for my fitness and some of these workouts that, um, are very hard for me to execute on my own. I love that self-awareness though, because you're not trying to fit like a square peg in a round hole. You're like, all right, this mm-hmm. is what works for me. I'm not yeah. going to fight it. I'm going to embrace it. Now there's certain parts of our lives where like fixing our negatives or perceived negatives is probably good because you want to be well-rounded or like, you know, you don't want to be like scammed or, or, or a variety of different things. But there's other parts mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, this is my nature. This is what works for me. I was a little du- might as well just double down on it and see what see what happens. Yeah, I think that's so true. You know, we all we all try to figure out what's everybody else doing? What's everybody else doing? But you're right. Like not, you know, what everyone else is doing doesn't mean that's what you have to do. Or maybe that's not what you you know, what works for you or what motivates you, you know, and, you know, it took James a while to come around to this concept of me racing a lot. And I was just straight up with it. I'm like, James, like, I'm not a professional athlete. And he'll tell me, yes, you are a professional. I'm like, no, (laughs) I'm like, I'm not, you know, I'm like, I still do this for fun. You know, I really do. You know, like I have kids, like, 
the, my main priority, my running is, is to, I have to enjoy it, you know, and, or I'm not going to run these 95 mile weeks. You know, I have to have this motivation. What's my motivation. And I'm like, if I don't have a race on the schedule every few weeks, I'm not going to be motivated to train. It's just who I am, you know? And so, um, he's, he gets that now and he's, and it's great. And he works with me. And obviously like the every three or four weeks racing has snowballed into every single weekend. (laughs) You know what? It's all good. Um, you don't have to do what everybody else is doing or what's typical, you know, um, like the whole typical, you know, only having one or two goal races a season, you know, it just depends on what your goals are, you know? And I tell some of my athletes, I like to race a lot. I know I'm not going to PR in all those races, but that's okay. That's not my goal. So just know what your goals are, you know, and um, if your goal is to, you know, run this, you know, huge PR in the half marathon in the marathon, you might not want to race as frequently leading up to those goal races to do that, you know? So, um, yeah, that's true. And also with those quality sessions, because it's all relative, we all have the same goal. And that is to get to the point where we're in, you know, like we're in danger, not like physical danger, but like, our body's like, I don't want to do this shit anymore. Yes. And you yes. and, and you just keep doing it. And you right. just keep doing I, it again. And then you keep doing yeah. it again. And like, if that's something where like, you just can't do that as well on the track mm-hmm. by yourself, then hey, there's no shame in that game. Like, obviously, you want to try to do it. You want to figure it out. You want to work as hard as you can. Mm-hmm. But if you found if you found a workaround, then hey, there's nothing wrong with that either. Right. Well, and it's the thing too, like, I'm like, I can tell, like, I'm so aerobically fit, like, my heart rate will still be in the 130s, 135s after, you know, six miles into a threshold session. I mean, that might be a little, you know, embellishing a little bit, but it's like, I have to keep going, you know, to get my heart rate up higher. And it's just hard, you know, it's just my legs are fatigued. And that's the whole thing with you get really, really fit. But you have to balance that fitness between the fatigue in your legs. And if your legs are too fatigued, for you to keep getting your heart rate up, you know, like that's the tough part. Um, but if I'm in a race and I have to push myself and I do have to keep going and going and going, I can, obviously that's, that's the best way at this point in some ways for me to get fitter because I'm um, doing it on my own. just in some situations, <laughs> it's really, really hard. All right. Well, I can't wait to see, I, you know, you're running 25 races this fall or something like that. So I'm expecting <laughs> 25 PRs, but um, <laughs> so what you mentioned earlier, so you ran, so you ran like a 90 minute half marathon and then you really went into, you know, you and your husband really started setting up your family, which is, you know, you have, you have four girls, you have two twins or the last two, you come from a family of twins, got twins all running through your clan, um, <laughs> which is so exciting. And I, I, this is what I love because we've already talked about your times. You ran a 90 minute half marathon at the peak of your like mid twenties career where you would think everybody is like, I'm never going to be more physically able than during this time range. Exactly. And here you are mother of four moving around jobs (laughs) like crazy and side jobs too, because you're coaching and then you go out and you pop a 116, which is more than a minute per mile faster than you ran at age 25 or so. Right. And that's like, like what's the secret like we need to dive into this because for a lot of women specifically they see like all right my body changes after i give birth mm-hmm. 
what does that mean for my athletic future? I, obviously, we're gonna you, you can't paint with too broad a brush here because everybody is is individual and there's there's, sure. there's very um, you know each person's body is different. But I think this is so exciting. It's exciting for me as someone who you know like I haven't set a PR and God I don't even know when and like I like I forget what year it was I said a PR was so long ago. So like, I know exactly how that feels on some level. So let's go back to 2014 when you, you decide to dedicate your running again. I love this story of your first run back. I love, I love that. First of all, you still have it on your Strava account, but like, let's talk about that first temple (laughs) run back April, 2014. Yeah. So, um, you know, so, when um i took the long break in running and um i had my four kids and i never you know i never um had any interest in coming back to competitive running at all and i remember i didn't even want to run anymore even though i missed it you know even recreationally because i thought i'm going to be so slow i'm going to be so embarrassed by my times like why would i why would i even run anymore you know and a lot of people can relate to that i know i have that yes. all the time like why would i race I'm not going to be as fast as I used to be. Like I have exactly. that feeling all the time. That is exactly Matt. Why I never picked it up again. I thought I, you know, I'm past my prime. I'm 32 years old, 31, whatever I was, you know, uh, I'll never be as fast as I was again. There is no point. And then I just got so overwhelmed, you know, with my, with life, with my, you know, I had an hour commute both ways. I had four little kids, you know, um, you know, four under four years old. And I was just, um, I had like lost part of my identity. You know, I was like, something has to change because like, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I had baby blues or I was depressed, but I just was like, I need something for me. I have to, I have to find myself again. I need a stress relief, you know? And I thought, okay, I distinctly remember this day in April, I'd come home from work and I was just done. And I went to my closet because I'm a pack rat and I knew I had a pair of running shoes in there. I was probably 10 years old. So I picked out a pair and I said, I'm just going to go for a three mile run. And I thought, you know, I should be able to average like eight minute pace. Like that used to be my easy day pace. You know, like I should be able to do that. Like, and I was going to run this, you know, that I knew that would probably be a hard effort, but I should probably be able to at least hit those paces. Well, my first pay, I think my first mile was like eight minute pace maybe. And then it was like eight forty five my next mile. And I came home in like, a, you know, a well over a nine minute, maybe 10 minute mile. And I came home on the couch and I was completely exhausted by this three minute or three mile run that I couldn't even run, you know, at, uh, you know, at like a nine minute pace. And, and, but, but, but I felt so good, you know, I had that runner's high and I thought, Oh my gosh, I missed running so much. And I just, you know, chucked my, cried aside. And I said, I'm going to do it again tomorrow. And I said, I'm going to have post mom goals, you know, and if I'm never as fast as I was, that's got to be okay. You know, and I don't running, you know, um, because I'll, I'll never be as fast as I was again. I don't have to just stop doing what I love because I don't think that I, you know, deserve to almost, you know? And so I just started setting goals. And, um, you know, I set a goal to break 130 and a half. And so I had this race in uh, October, but I got in really good shape and I thought I could do it in July. So I ran um, the San Francisco second half marathon. It was the second half of the marathon. (laughs) 
man, it was a rude awakening. I like didn't hydrate. It was really humid. I went out way too fast. I started walking at the water, water stations and I crawled in. I did, I did run 130. And even though I didn't break 130, I was so proud of myself. Like, oh my gosh, I ran a half marathon. I didn't quite make my goal, but like, that was awesome. I'm going to do it again, you know? And I just kept setting these goals because it just felt good to improve, you know, and just have something to look forward to. And I just stopped comparing myself to my old self, you know, that is such, um, but that is think, so hard. It's like, it's, it's one so thing hard. to not compare yourself to other people. And it's so easy to do that. Cause it's like, you're just like, Oh yeah, well they have this or they have that. Or like, I have this going on in my life, right? You can just yeah. like immediately right. shut that down in its tracks. Unless it's like your best friend who like your life has mirrored theirs or something, but like, but not right. comparing yourself to the past and putting the past on a pedestal is shoot, man, that can be tough. It's really, really tough. But I tell you the really, the, the reason I was running was for my own, for my own stress levels and sanity, because I could come back from a run and then deal with the next life crisis, you know, with, with our kid was sick or, you know, my commute home from work or this and that. And so honestly, it was never about, running fast. That was all just um, a side effect of the training. And of course that kept me motivated to run, but it, it, it really was secondary. And honestly, it kind of still is today and people would never understand that, but I just have to run for me and to be a better wife and a better mother and um, be able to clear my head, you know, so that I can, um, you know, deal with, you know, everything else in my life, you know? And it's so interesting too, Matt, because I get these questionnaires from all my athletes when I first get a new athlete. And there's a question on there, you know how it is. It says, why do you run? None of them, like 90% of them say, I run for stress relief. You know, I run for me. I run to do something for myself. None of them say, I run because I want to set, you know, a five minute PR. I am so motivated. I mean, that's always a goal, but it's secondary to running for, you know, the mental, the mental health part and the stress relief, you know? So knowing that, that's why that made it so much easier for me to not compare myself because I was feeling so much better about myself because I was just getting out there every day. Um, but I was also seeing improvement, which didn't hurt, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When you have those, 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 those easy wins, not easy, like you weren't working hard, but those, those fast wins one after another, that can definitely set you up for success. That's for sure. And yeah. you talked a lot about goals already. So when you're talking about goals, how often do you set these short-term goals versus reassessing long-term goals? Like what's your, your goal making strategy? Yeah. So I think you should have, I think it's good to have, you know, fall goals and spring goals and summer goals, kind of like the three, seasons I would I would categorize them as you know in 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 road racing um and so those I would consider your short-term goals you know so we have you know 12 weeks or 16 weeks in the fall and 16 weeks you know whatever it's 12 weeks in the spring whatever it is you know and we'll go after a 10 mile half marathon PR and maybe even a marathon you can do all three of those in one season like a 10 mile you know you could you could race you could feasibly go after like a, a 10K, a half marathon, and a marathon PR, like all in one season. So that 
that's pretty good progress and short-term goals right there. But I think long-term goals are great because it keeps you motivated, you know, um, you know, kind of big picture, you know, whether it's a BQ or it's a Olympic trials qualifier or running sub three in the marathon, you know, and so you sure, I think having, um, you know, a long-term goal one or two years out is um, really good too, so that you have this big picture goal while you're achieving your short-term goals as well. All right, let's talk about how audacious these goals should be, both Mm short-term and long-term. Um, so I think you have to have reasonable expectations, um, for your short-term goals and and a good coach, I think would help you with that. Like I talk to all my athletes, um, when they first sign up and we decide on, you know, reasonable short-term goals and and it's pretty much what they, either what they thought or above what they thought, like, wow, you really think I can do that? You know, um, which is great because I think a lot of people don't really know what they're capable of, um, which is why coaching is, can be so helpful. Um, and then, um, and then, yes. Um, and then assessing long-term goals. I think, I think shoot for the moon, you know, there is no goal too big, you know, long-term, uh, it just, you, you, you may not achieve it this year or next year, but man, you know, why, why wouldn't you, I, 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 you know, a lot of people are so scared that, Oh, I'll never be, you know, I could never break three because I don't look like that or I don't train like that or, but why not? You know, I think it's good to have those goals in mind so you can take, so you can take step, short-term steps to reach them. Um, cause if you don't have those big goals, um, then, uh, you can't, you can't reach them, you know, like you have to have a goal in order to reach it. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's so. for sure. All right. I want to keep talking about this, but before we do we'll do a quick shout out to our friends over at Mercury mile. I don't know about you this morning, uh, Sarah, but for me, it was 50 degrees when I left my house at 4.15 this morning to get my workout ready, I actually warmed up in a long sleeve shirt. Can you believe it? Five days ago, it was 90. Um, So I say that because fall is here. So make sure you got your gear ready. Go to mercurymile.com. Use promo code RamblingRunner10 at checkout, and you'll get a box coming up for the fall with a bunch of goodies. It's always very reasonably priced. I'm also excited. We got a giveaway coming out tomorrow, $50 gift credit. For anyone who entered the giveaway, uh, I'm excited for that. As you guys know, you listen to the show, MercuryMile.com. It's a great spot to get really good gear. And if you don't like it, shoot, just send it back, right? Sarah, you're a minimalist. You would never just keep gear that you didn't like. You send it back. Uh, but you're a pack rat, too. You're like like on both sides here. I don't know. I feel like once it enters your house, it's there to stay. But anyway, give it a shot, MercuryMile.com. Okay, so with the goal setting... I love that, right? You need in order to reach something, you need to set it as a goal, right? Yes, and exactly. you had it like right. You had like that goal of like I want to break one thirty, and then it was like, all right, now I want to break yeah. three hours in the marathon. Now I want to break Olympic trials qualifier, right? And now yes. it's like, all right, now right. it's one. Now it's two thirty seven in the mix, like the A standard, right? So like you've had these big audacious goals. And you've been able to mm-hmm. reach them. Um, right. When, so when you're giving other people advice on setting these goals, is there a fine line between like, ex- like motivating, but maybe like too far out of reach for like, Hey, like maybe someday you'll be able to do that. Or maybe in your head, you're like, that's never going to happen. But like having it be like, all right, long-term, but maybe not the ultimate overarching goal. 
Honestly, you know, it's interesting. Most, most people don't set goals high enough, you know, when they, when they come to me. And I think it's because they just don't, they can't, they have never been able to picture themselves doing it, you know? And, and that was me like in 2014, right? Like I set this goal to break an hour 30 and a half, and then I did it. And then I set this goal to break an hour 25 and then I did it. And it's like, you know, obviously I was capable, right. Of, 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 of so much more. Um, but I, I mean, I, you know, I never ha- would have imagined, you know, in 2014 in that first run that I could break 120 in the half marathon or that I could run under three hours and whatnot, you know? So, so, for, so the, what I get is mostly people who don't know what they're capable of and they set their goals too low. Um, I don't get a lot of athletes that come to me with really audacious, you know, audacious goals that I don't, that, um, that I think that are unreachable, honestly. Um, because they, you know, it's, it's, I think it's human nature to be like, you know, I just, it's too hard. How could I ever do that? You know, like seeing what other people are doing and you haven't done it yet. It's hard for you to imagine that you could, but, um, I think that's where, um, you know, um, you know, consistent work and hard work pay off. And it's, it's just so amazing to see people reach goals that they never, that truly they they never thought possible, honestly. Um, now if, if, if somebody is going to come to me and set this audacious goal, like I'm not going to shoot them down. I'm not going to tell anybody that they can't do something because truly I don't really believe that. Um, I, I definitely think that it might take them longer than they might want, you know? Um, but, I, I mean, I'm just amazed at, you know, I never thought I could have, you know, run an OTQ and um, there's so much that I've seen that I never thought possible that I, you know, I, uh, I think, I mean, man, people can go so much further than they ever thought. I'm never going to tell anybody that they can't do something. I swear. (laughs) If you're willing to work for it, it, it's hard work will take you so much farther than you than you ever thought possible. For and it's sure. like, I love that sentiment, right? It sounds wonderful, but it's so funny, right? Cause when you hear that, you get easy to nod your head and go, yeah, yeah, that makes sense, man. That's so true. Mm-hmm. And then you go say like, okay. And that means you too, doofus. Like, that's not like, that's not just for the world. That means, Hey, yeah, you too nodding your head. Like you're going to run sub three hours in the marathon. Right. Like, oh, oh, hold, right. hold on, hold on. Like, that's not, that's not what I meant. That's not why I was nodding. Um, so it's different when you, like, you actually put it on somebody. So when you had yeah. your kind of your big first conversation with James, when you moved from being self-coached, so you uh, self-coached for a couple of years, once you got back into it in 2014 uh-huh. to 16 yes. or 17, roughly. And then you started working with James. You'd had a bunch of injuries. What was that conversation yeah. like in terms of where you thought your career was possibly going as a runner and where he thought it was possibly going. Well, it's interesting because I kind of waited. I think I waited until maybe I didn't wait, but um, I wanted, you know, I thought I was capable of running sub 245 because I had run sub 240. I had run 247 in the marathon in 2015. And I literally had the best day of my life that day. And I still thought going under 245 would be really, really hard. But I had, I um, had run good half marathons, and I thought, you know, I think I'm capable of this. Um, and so when he, you know, when he, when we talked, and he had, you know, listened to my story a little bit and my background, he said, you know, I definitely think you're capable of sub 245, and maybe even, you know, low 240s. 
And, and that's what I wanted to hear because I was so used to coaches, um, you know, um, not really providing training to that level of, um, of, of that, uh, that level of racing. And I wanted the training necessary to run a sub 245 marathon. I wanted him to provide me that. And he said right there that he would, that he thought I was capable. And if your coach doesn't believe that you're capable of something, how are you going to do it? If they're not going to provide you the training to reach certain goals because they don't believe you can reach those goals, you know, then you're working with the wrong coach, you know, like first and foremost, your coach has to believe that you can do it, you know, to provide you the training in order to get there. Um, so I was, I really liked that about him. And I was, I was, I felt like, okay, this is an aggressive coach. This is the coach for me, but it's funny too, because I was waiting for the standard to come out because I was wondering if they were going to bump it back down to sub two forty three. Cause I remember Matt thinking in my head, if it's sub two forty, if it's sub two forty three, I'm never going to run that. Like I, that's too fast. Like I just not even sure I'll go for it. And I ended up running two forty two at CIM. But in February of that year, I thought, please, please be sub two forty five because I'll never run under sub two forty three. <laughs> and what's the difference oh, per mile? It's um, not much. So it's six six seventeens. Uh, are are two forty five, and six twelves are two forty three. And when you get to, to that level, five seconds a mile like that is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, so in my head, that was a huge difference because I felt like I can run six seventeens for twenty six miles, maybe. But I there's no way I could run six twelves for twenty six miles. <laughs> No, it's true. Oh, I mean, it's true. Man. We've a lot of people have done, say, like quarter mile repeats or half mile repeats at those paces. Certainly, not many people have run marathons at those paces. But even then, those three or four seconds per half yeah. mile, like you know the difference. It's a I mean, lot. You're, you're very yeah, aware exactly. that there was a gap in those two reps if you if yeah. you happen to have that sort of yeah. time difference. Yeah, it, it is. It's a big difference. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. So you have a lot of you know, like small, not small goals, but like kind of like very short-term goals in the future, right? You got like this week, this week, this week, constant. So yeah. is 237 something that's now a potential destination for you? Or how are you viewing the A standard? Oh, man. I, I mean, it's a goal. I would say it's definitely a goal. I think, um, you know, sub 240 is could be realistic at CIM um, sub 237 would be very difficult. Um, I guess it's possible, but I, this is how I am. Like, I'm always like, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can do that. Um, but, you know, I just continue to train and I have it in the back of my mind. Those are definitely goals. And I know they're going to be really, really hard to reach, but I also have these, you know, you know, it's kind of, again, like it's not a, you know, make it or break it thing. I, I remember people asking me too, like, well, what are you going to do if you don't run the, the under 245 at CIM? And I was like, well, I'll just go for a run. You're like, I got, I got a race. I got a race in three days. Like, I'm fine. I mean, <laughs> it was never an end all be all for me. It really wasn't, you know, I mean, yes, I really, really wanted it to happen, but at the same time, if it didn't, it just didn't, you know, I just, I, I want to do, you know, if I set goals, I want to do everything I can to get to the starting line, to be like, oh my gosh, I did everything I could. I'm ready to run. You know, my fitness is there. I'm ready to do it. 
you know, and if it comes together, great, you know, like, of course, you're always for that. And if it doesn't, you know, you did everything you could. And it was so interesting, like my last my four last chance BQ athletes, when I was talking to them all this week, you know, about, you know, pre race preparations and stuff, they, they all said the same thing. They said, well, you know what, I'm just so glad that I made it this far that I did all of the work that I feel ready. And I'm going to toe the line, like, knowing I did everything I could. And I so I identified with that so much because that's exactly how I felt when I towed the line at MCN or when I towed the line at CIM. It was just like, I'm ready. Whatever happens, happens. But I did everything I could. And that in itself was really gratifying, you know? So, so that's kind of how I approach these goals because I feel like if, if you're so caught up with your goal and you don't achieve it and you think you're a failure, you know, like, that can't be your approach. You know, running has to be fun and enjoyable and this has to be challenging, but you can't, it can't be stressful. You can't get to a point where, you know, the goal is a make it or break it deal and it ends up being more stressful than it is a challenge and fun, you know? Um, and there's a fine line there. It's a very difficult, fine line to ride, but I, um, I don't know. I, I've never been that kind of person where, you know, if I, if I did it, you know, if I didn't do it, I was like, there's another race. When's the next race? <laughs> you know, like I was just going to try again. And it wasn't, it wasn't a, it wasn't a make it or break it type thing, you know? Um, but that said, like I said, two, sub 240 would be great at CIM, sub 237. But honestly, I'm pretty happy. I'm just, you know, after every goal I've achieved, Matt, I've always just been content. And a lot of people come off the line going, oh, that was great. I got a PR, but I'm hungry for more. I'm hungry for more. I'm not, I've never been like that. I've always been like, oh my God, that was so hard. I'll never run faster. Thank God that's over. <laughs> you know? like, and just kind of, you know, and I just keep running, but uh, been pretty content with um, every step along the way. So it's so funny. It's like, it's, it's such a contradiction in a way. It's like, you have like all these races you've like, you've like improved <laughs> almost at like in a linear level. And you'd be like, I'm never yeah. gonna, I'm never gonna improve again. I'm never gonna improve again. I'm you know, never I gonna improve again. That because I, I almost honestly, in the past few years, like, we're, was hoping, like, I'm like, I'm, I'm too old. I'm not gonna because it's so hard. The training is so hard, and I keep like almost trying to give myself an out. But then, you know, it was actually last fall. I realized, screw this. Like, I am getting better because I'm training hard, and if I want to get better, I will. I need to stop that mindset, you know. And that's when I really went after the 245 um, because it's all in your head. A lot of it's in your head, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's easy, um, you know, the mental part because it's so because, – because training is so hard. You, you want to give yourself these outs. Like, if I don't get any faster, then I can quit next year. <laughs> I don't know why I tell myself that because I'm just going to keep running. <laughs> but um, – but it might be one of the reasons why I have so many races on the calendar this year and I'm just running for place. So there is not a lot of pressure on time uh, for the most part until probably CIM because I just, I do want to enjoy the training and stuff. I don't want it to become like this job where it's, uh, it's stressful and I feel like I'm, um, you know, I'm not enjoying it, you know. And what you said about racing, that, that fine line between being competitive and not being down and out if it doesn't go your way, it is tough because, like, because mm-hmm. you have to care if you're going to race. Yes. Like, you have, you to, have care. to care. You have to you care will. a lot. Yeah. But then to then divorce yourself from the, 
from the gratification or self-immolation, depending on how the result is, that's, that, that is a tough nut to crack. As it's also is like you almost have to like to shift away from it. It's almost like you have to care. And I don't know if this is going to work for me. So I've got a 5K coming up next mm-hmm. Sunday. So we're recording this on Sunday. So next Sunday, so this is going to come out actually tomorrow. So if you're listening to this, yeah. you got to raise in six more days. So like for <laughs> me, I'm looking at like, all right, I'm not going to worry too much about the time. I'm going to be cognizant of it so I don't blow up or to make sure that like I'm not going out too slow. But mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, my goal is going to be like, I'm not going to give in at the last yeah, 5%. Like, that's right. I'm not going to give in and I'm going to make myself hurt. And I'm going to keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing until I have that race where, like, I felt like I was able to, like, beat down the devil that tried to keep getting me to slow down and come up with a million different reasons why that's a good idea. And that's exactly right, Matt. I think we have to change our expectations going into racing um, so that um, they're the reasonable expectations. If you say if you keep going into, a let's say, a 5K and you want to race a 5K every weekend let's say extreme example and you want to pr by 20 seconds 30 seconds every weekend like that's not going to happen you're setting yourself up for failure so you have to have reasonable expectations going into a race and if the weather is going to be really really warm and pr is not on the table then you're exactly right set your goals so that okay so that i you know i go out at this pace and then i hit this pace next and so i negative split the race and i don't give up no matter how hard that last half mile is and if I do that and I give it everything I got in the end, I'm going to be pleased with my result, you know, despite the weather and such. And so I think we have to look at it as setting clear and reasonable expectations depending on the racing situation and not having uh, unrealistic expectations going into races because, because that's where you start beating yourself down, you know. Um, because if you have unrealistic expectations, you perhaps fail over and over again. And then it's like, you know, then it's not fun (laughs) or enjoyable, you know? And that's, I think why the 2018 Boston marathon was such a great experience for a lot of runners when it should have been Mm -hmm. a miserable experience for every runner. It was an awful, it was awful. Yeah. But there was so many people who like, they basically were forced into this situation where they did not have to look at PRs anymore. It was like, okay, this is not going to happen. This is completely off the table. It's not like the weather was kind of bad or like the (laughs) wind was like a little bit stronger than I expected. It was like, okay, that's off the table. And now all I have to worry about now is toughness. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I completely, I completely agree, especially with, you know, global warming and stuff. And I mean, very few marathons at this point, I feel like, you can really get ideal weather on the day. It's very difficult. So, you know, you do at some point have to adjust your expectations and what is going to be considered a successful race and not just the time on the clock, you know, not just judging your progress and your success by the time on the clock. You just can't do that every race anymore, you know? Um, and you, and you can't do that when you get to a certain level of fitness, you know, you have, you know, if you look at all the elite athletes, a lot of the professionals, uh, you get to a point where, you know, every second is a, you know, uh, for, uh, is a fight to PR and, um, you know, they might not, you know, make go through a point where they don't PR for a year, two years, three years, you know, and you just have to adjust your goals and expectations, um, along the way, I think, um, until you have that breakthrough, you know, where you have that perfect weather day where the training just all came together, you know, and, 
but uh but yeah if you adjust your expectations along the way until you get one of those days you know that would help people a lot that's for sure. All right. We're going to dive into the last set of questions I do on every show. But before I do that, I want to say thank you for coming on. This has been so much fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Matt. Appreciate it. For sure. My pleasure. All right. So when you're going for a run, you were you wearing headphones or no headphones? You know, I used to. I used to listen to music all the time. Uh, and I haven't probably in the past year. I just kind of let my mind wander. <laughs> so yeah, no headphones. There you go. All right. So what advice do you give other people that you have trouble following? Um, <laughs> probably um, when they have a bad workout um, and I say, you know what, this is just part of training, you know, uh, not every workout's going to be a home run and same with races, you know, not every race is going to be, you know, a PR or, you know, the best effort you've had. And, and, you know, I still have, you know, and I, I have a hard time stomaching that sometimes too, you know, cause we're out there, we're working so hard. Um, and when it doesn't go our way, you know, it's, it's really, it's really frustrating. Um, but um, so, yes, yeah, so I, I, I guess that is probably the hardest piece of advice that I, I don't take myself is that it's okay to have an off workout or a bad workout because it's all a drop in the fitness bank and it's all part of the process and nobody is going to nail their workouts and you're not going to see this linear progress in workouts every weekend and weekend, weekend and week out. You're just not, and you just have to accept that. But it's different when it's your pride on the line. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like, it's different when you're on the track running the turn. You're like, oh, God damn it. Like, what yeah. the heck is going on right now? Right. Yep. It is. All right. So if you could run one more race for the rest of your life, but could run it every year, what race would that be? The MCM Marathon. <laughs> Bottom line. I love that race. It was, um, I ran it for the first time in um, 2016. And it was my slowest marathon time, on, uh, ironically, in 2016. But it was my favorite race and so I, I you know I didn't have it on the schedule in 2017 but I was just so I was looking at the weather coming into the race and the weather was going to be really good and the day was going to be amazing and I was like I just really want to do this race and then I had a 22 mile long run on the schedule that day and I was like I'm going to run the long run during the marathon and then I just obviously just raced the marathon <laughs> but I would do the MCM it's just I love the course I love DC I uh, the the cheering in the crowd is just um, on point and I've run a lot of marathons and there's just nothing like MCM so yeah that's great all right speaking of running a lot of marathons what is your bucket list race um you know I uh, probably New York actually I think I'm gonna race Boston in the spring because the only time I've ever raced Boston um I DNF'd at 23 and a half miles my only marathon DNF so and that was when it was 2015 it was similar weather to last year but at a lower scale where I got hypothermia and so, you know all those people got hypothermia and I got the same thing hypothermia 23 and a half I was like so cold and shivering I you know I couldn't I was walking I couldn't finish the race uh and it was only my second marathon too so um so I've unfinished business at Boston I haven't been back so my husband is gonna run and obviously my four last chance four BQers are going to run. I have probably a ton of athletes that are going to run that race. So I'm excited to, even though it's not bucket list because I've already run it, I'm going to run that. But New York City, I want to run next fall. And my husband wants to run New York City too, although 
His goal is to run. I think he has to run like sub 255 at CIM this year to get into the lottery to run New York City. So so he has to get in first. But um, I, I'm still going to run without him. If All right. I'm going I'm to take a quick detour because I was listening to your – I loved your interview with Lindsay Hine, which you did in the spring. I've listened to it, like I told you, listened to it four different times. It was really motivating for me. And – in that you talk about how like he was at that moment training and you thought he had a sub three hour marathon in them. He was, <laughs> you're like, he's finally starting to listen to me. As yeah. a coach. Um, so how did it go for him? Yeah. So, um, so our very, his very first marathon was the MCM marathon in 2016. And his goal was to be Q and um, he didn't do it. He missed it by two minutes, but it was a really, really warm day. So then he started training again um, in the spring um, and he ran the Ottawa marathon, like in the spring of um, 2017, was it? Yeah, 2017. And um, he did BQ. He ran, um, he, he, he did BQ, he, but he only, um, but when it, but it, when it came time to register, he didn't get in, he, his, he missed the cutoff to like get into the race. So then, so on his third try, Matt, his third try, he ran one more marathon and, um, and he he ran the New Jersey, um, marathon this spring and he finally did it. He ran 256. So on his third try, you called it, you called it, you said he has a. You said on the podcast, you said, I think he has a 255. Is that what I said? Oh, I didn't realize that I had set the predicted his time. But yes, he did. He ran 256. And it was really, really windy in the end. So he's kind of upset because I think I could have had that sub 255. um, Because he ran 256 even, 256.00. And he's like, if it wasn't so windy at the end of the race, I might have been able to run 255 and get into, you know, to get into the lottery of New York. So now he's like, actually, he just told me yesterday you need to put training on my schedule, coach. <laughs> he's ready to run because he's registered for CIM and his goal is sub 255 so he can enter the New York lottery. So we'll see. I love it. All right. So <laughs> who is your dream running partner? Um. Oh my gosh. I have so many. <laughs> you know, I, um, I was at uh, the Peachtree 10K uh, in July and I got to do my little shakeout run uh, the the day before the race with Allie Kiefer and it was awesome I was just like totally idolizing her and so maybe maybe Allie Kiefer I would have to think um, she's a big inspiration to me so um, yeah I love her I guess I would go with her there you go. Well, you're a big inspiration to me, Sarah Bishop. Oh, Thank you thanks. so much for coming on the show. This has been fantastic. Yeah, thanks for having me, Matt. I really appreciate it. All right. Good luck with the fall, and I'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks a bunch. Thank you again, Sarah, for coming on the show. And thank you, listeners, for listening all the way through. I am so Happy and excited that you did because Sarah really brought the knowledge on a lot of different topics. And she was, as expected, phenomenal. So also thank you to Mercury Mile for sponsoring this show. Go to mercurymile.com if you want to stay up to date on the best running goodies and apparel. Mercurymile.com. Use use promo code, excuse me, RamblingRunner10 at checkout to save 10 bucks. Thank you for sharing this show and for reviewing it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to it. And most of all, keep up the great work and happy running.